love to praise him. Praise his name. Oh, yes. I love to praise him. I love to praise his name. Oh, yes. I love to praise him. I love to praise his name. Well, I love to praise his holy name.
Caring not my Lord would crucify Knowing not it was for me he died at Calvary By God's word at last my sin I learned Then I trembled at the law I spurned Till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary There your mercy and your grace was free There your pardon multiplied to me There my burden so found liberty at Calvary Now I've given Jesus everything Gladly owe him as my king. Now my raptured soul only sing of Calvary.
close to your side Heaven is real And death is a lie I want to hear voices Of angels above Singing as one Hallelujah Holy, holy God Almighty Is a great I am Oh, who is worthy None beside Thee God Almighty He's the great I am I want to be near, near to your heart, loving the world and hating the dark. I want to see dry bones living again, singing as one.
Tim said, it's a very busy time of the year and many people have many obligations and places to be and uh, we're thankful that the beautiful night of fellowship sounds like they had over Cindy's house last night. We got an opportunity to be with my brother and him after a year or two. We haven't been able to get together and we're thankful we got to do that last night and during this times of the year, it seems like we're all pulled to and fro here and there, but we do have a moment this morning. We have an opportunity to be in God's house this morning, and I thank Him so much that He's moved so wonderfully. I honestly, sitting back there in my seat, thought, well, I don't even need to get up because God has already come on this service. He's already shown His glorious majesty. He's already moved in a mighty way. Uh, Brother Tim asked about a week or about, I think maybe last week, I don't know. He asked, he said, hey, can you help me out next Sunday morning? He's got a lot going on during this time of the year and uh, give him a little bit of a break. And uh, we're glad we've got the opportunity to do that. And I would pray that God would bless this message this morning. A humble servant standing before a crowd of people that, you know, are godly people, people that God has moved in their lives. But I do feel like the Lord has given a message this morning that needs to be delivered. And um, I hope that, you're, that I have sought the Lord in the right way. I hope that I have asked Him to guide and direct. He gave this message really quick to me. I don't know how it works for Andy or Bobby or others, but, you know, I usually seem like the ideals come and, you know, they come real quick and, Connie, you're writing down four or five of them, but you know you get the idea real quick. But a message is like a meal, is the way that I like to say for those of you who've never preached. You may have the idea a week or two or before, or God dealing in that way, but you get ingredients all along the way, and you don't prepare the meal until it needs to be delivered. And God has continually dealt with me through this past week. He's dealt with my own heart and my own mind. And, you know, praying, Lord, is this what you would have me deliver this day? Is these the words? And what it starts out at, it's not always what it ends up as. But as it keeps going, he gives a little bit of ingredients here, a little bit there. I don't know, Betty and others that like to cook. I'm sure you have an ideal of a dinner, but in the middle of preparation, oh, I think I'll just add a little more of this, a, a dash of that and a dip of this or whatever. I don't know how they do it, but it sounds like it sounds like it's a plan. You just stick your finger in it and said it just seems like it needs a little more salt or a little more of this. And sometimes getting into the message that God has asked me to deliver this morning, you get into it and you say it just needs a little bit more here. But you know, no matter what I prepare, no matter what my heart gives, if God is not in it, it's just me up here yapping at you and nobody wants that. So I pray this morning that God would move. I pray that God would bless this message. I pray that God would use what he's given unto us. And it's already been spoken about so much, I don't even feel like I need to speak any. But you're all familiar, Sister Connie, you stole everything this morning the way you always do. And uh, for all of us preachers. But it tells us, there's three verses I want to read unto you this morning. And they're very familiar passages. And, you know, I, I don't use a lot of scriptures. I don't go a lot of places. I usually get an ideal and kind of stay right there. But this morning in Isaiah 9, 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. It tells us in Luke 2, 11, it says within here, For unto you was born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. 
tells us in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believe upon him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Three familiar verses that we all know within our hearts and our minds and within our spirits. And God, Rick, this is popping a little bit. Is this too high? We good? We're good? God has given these messages and God has given these words and God has given these messages unto humble servants in the past. Isaiah, if you know the calling of Isaiah, the wonderful song that Matt used them saying, I saw the Lord sitting on his throne. That's from Isaiah 6 because in Isaiah chapter 4, the people, the vineyard need to be purged. And in Isaiah chapter number 5 and chapter number 6, God begins to deal with the servant. And he says a message needs to go forth unto a people that need to hear from God in their troubled times, in their days, in their weariness, in their loneliness, in their lack of peace, in their burdens. They need to hear from the Lord. But Isaiah said, I in no way, shape, or form feel worthy. But God said, I need a man. I need a message to go forth. And God gave a message unto Isaiah, and he preached the word of the Lord unto the people. And the words that he spoke was a word of comfort in Isaiah 6. For God shall send you a son. He shall send you a child in your time and in your days. So this morning, what I would like to take in this next three or four hours... See, if I tell you three or four hours, the 20 minutes or half hour won't be too bad. And this next time that God has allowed for this time to deliver a message, I want to talk this morning unto you, unto us, is given a child. And before I preach, I want to ask Brother Andy to stand in this section, Brother Randy to stand in this section. Sister Marcia, I hope you feel good about this. I want to ask you to stand in this section. And do I got somebody over here? Sister Shirley, would, David, David, would you mind standing and pray for each of these sections that you're within that God would bless this message tonight. David, don't forget the ones in the back. Marcia, don't forget the ones at the back. But let's pray that God would bless the humble words that I've given this morning. Brothers and sisters, let's pray. Amen, dear Lord. We thank you for this opportunity to be in this service this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to deliver this message this morning. We thank you, dear God, that the word has been given so wonderfully through songs this morning. Been given so wonderfully, dear God, through messages this morning. But we pray, dear God, that during this time that's been allotted, that the message will go forth and that God's word will go forth unto a people, unto those that need, those that need encouragement, those that need to be lifted up. We thank you, God, for all that you've done. We thank you, God, for all that you do. We ask in anticipation that the Spirit of the Lord will flow through this crowd this morning and that God would bless this message this morning. Thank you, dear Lord. Isaiah 9, 6, Luke 2, 11, and John 3, 16 all speak to us about a child coming forth, about a son coming forth. And Luke turn 2, it calls him a Savior coming forth. A prophetic message about this Jesus that we're speaking about and singing about this morning. A prophetic word going forth unto a people that this Christ child shall come unto you and shall bring you wonderful words, shall bring you counseling, shall bring you, he shall be the mind. All these wonderful things that we pulled apart, that we pulled out of the scriptures. As Sister April testified this morning, he indeed is worthy and to be lifted up. All these wonderful things that have spoken about. Because the conditions in the time that these words were given, everything was a mess. 
Now, I tell you this morning, I don't know if you think everything is great in this world, but I think in a little bit of my humility and a little bit of my own opinion, everything's pretty much messed up, it seems like, right now. If we need a message of encouragement this morning, we definitely need a message this morning during these times. We're out trying to enjoy the Christmas season. We're out trying to do these wonderful things. We're putting up the trees, and we're putting up this, and we're doing that. We're spending time with our families. But it seems like a little bit there's a weariness within all of our hearts and our souls. There's a heaviness. And our heaviness goes out for those that need to hear the gospel message. And in this time of Isaiah, in this time of Luke, in this time of John, they as well had many reasons that they needed to hear from the word of the Lord. Do you need to hear from the Lord in this day and time that you're living right now? We need to hear from God to give us a word at this time. Lord, speak unto me. I need to hear from you right now. I need to hear what's going on in this situation. I need to hear from you, God, because right now my ears don't seem like they're able to be tuned into the radio of your spirit. Right now I need to hear a word from you, dear Lord. And they had plenty of reasons in their time. They had turmoil. They had unrest. They had war. They had hopelessness. They had despair. They had oppression. They had political and social unrest. They must have had Fox News on at their house. <laughs> they must have had CNN on at their house. They must have had ABC on, CBS and NBC, and I don't know any other channel that you got, but about, that's all you hear when you turn it on. And that's what they had. And in that time, humble Isaiah says, Lord, they need a word but I don't know if I can bring it. But the angel came unto them and said, You shall hear a word. See, they had many things that they thought would fix the problems. They had many things in their life that they thought were the answer to all the situations that they were going through. I mean, if you look through it, and the time that I'm allotted this morning or allowed to, the time that I feel I'm going to speak unto you this morning, I mean, I don't have the depth to go into it this morning at this time. But, you know, they had a lot of things. But some of the things in brevity that they had, I mean, they had religion. They had religion like mad. They had it all over the place. They had Pharisees. They had Sadducees. They had anything you could have. They had all the procedures and the policies and the rituals and the religion. They had all of these things. But it fell short. It fell short. It did not meet the need of a people. And I can tell you in this modern day and age, religion is falling short. You know how many religions are in the world? Thousands upon thousands. I mean, you can find a religion just for about anything, Brother Andy. I mean, you can find them just about anything and everything. But if they're so working, if religion is so good, why is the world such a mess? I'll tell you why right now. A reprobate mind cannot produce the mind of Christ. Hear that. A reprobate mind cannot produce the mind of Christ. We have reprobate minds standing in pulpits, standing in schools, standing in colleges, trying to teach the things of God, and they are not producing the mind of Christ. Why? Because a reprobate mind cannot and will not and shall not ever produce the mind of Christ. Another reason, I heard this this past week, somebody shared with me, we're filled with appointees within our churches and in our religions today. I mean, we got appointed pastors, appointed leaders, appointed singers, appointed players. We got so many appointees, we don't know what to do with it anymore. 
We need less appointees and more anointees. We need more that are anointed to be doing that job and what God has called them on to do. This is not a career that I'm standing here. This is a calling straight from the throne of God. Preach the word. It's not a career. I don't want money. I don't, I don't desire money. I tell Sister Bondi, and we have endorsed this, if God ever called me in ministry, I don't want a penny for it. I just want to preach the word. You know why? Because they're a lost and dying world. I mean, they had it. They had it all fell short. They needed, they required a word from the Lord. They required a vessel to deliver that word unto them. And this morning, I'm going to tell you, God has anointed me this morning or asked me, I pray that he's anointed this, to preach the word this morning and tell you, we need to hear from the Lord. Isaiah spoke from a word of the Lord and said, A son shall come forth. The angels screamed from on high, Behold, a child shall be born. Lowly shepherds, wise men, those within that day and time heard, and a few and a here, there, and a few there, and a couple here, and a couple there. They were some Annas and some Simeons. They were all anticipating and desiring to see the Messiah, to hear from the Lord. They required a message to be delivered unto them. But more than that, guess what? They required a messenger to bring forth the message. I know at times you may say, why? What's going on? We've had a good time. Why does somebody have to stand behind that pulpit and ruin my morning? <laughs> you know, why does he have to get up there and scream at us, yell at us? I always tell Brother Tim and Brother Bobby, those guys that are priests, I say, you yelling at us this morning? You know, and they know we're just joking around, but God has given a message this morning, and the people had many reasons to hear this message, and they require this message. A message goes forth because we need to hear from the Lord. We need to hear that a child has been given, a son has been given, but more than anything else, we need to know that a Savior has been provided for your condition. Many of us endorse the child. How many of you just love that little baby Jesus? Just love that little baby Jesus. Always so sweet, sitting in the manger, so cute. I just love that child, Jesus. I just think it's so precious. And I like the son, too. Boy, that's a nice young man, some good things and all that stuff. But, you know, oh, that Savior part, kind of good. You know why? Because like them in that day, we have no room in our hearts for the Christ child. We have no room in our inn to allow the Lord. We think we do. I mean, think about it. Someone who should have appreciated and known more beyond a shadow of a doubt about the precious Jesus was his own mother and father, Mary and Joseph, who were given Jesus. And where did they lose Jesus? In their religion. They were performing their duties of religion going out into those, the temple offering, and they lost Jesus right in the midst of their religion. I pray that you haven't lost Jesus in the midst of your religion. Many do. See, they supposed that they had him. I mean, he's always going to be there. He's always around, right, Cindy? That Jesus is always here. I mean, he's always around. He's just around the corner. 
He's just, you know, and they supposed that he was there and he was always going to be there. It's like we were at my brother's house last night and he was talking about a time when he was very fearful when they were on vacation and they were down in one of these beaches, I don't know, and he said they were looking for their son and all of a sudden they found out that he wasn't there. He was missing. For five minutes they were looking for him and hurrying and scurrying about wondering where's Stephen? Where's he gone? Because they were on the first floor. They didn't know if he went out into the ocean or whatever. They had lost him. They had lost a child and they were worried where's he at? I don't want to break up this message with telling you where they found him. But if you want to know later I'll tell you where they found him because it's kind of humorous. But they did find him a little bit later on. But they had lost a child and they were worried about that. You know what I want to tell you? Have you lost Jesus in the midst of your religion? Have you been just doing this so long that you just forgot that Jesus is supposed to be the most important thing? You just come because you're supposed to come. You just do because you're supposed to do. You're just being because you're supposed to be. You're just performing the rituals and the religion and all the things that are involved, but you've lost Jesus because you've always supposed he's always going to be there. But you know what, Sister Liz? They, they sought for him and they found him nowhere. They couldn't find him anywhere. He wasn't amongst the friends. He wasn't in there. He wasn't over there. They sought for him because they always thought he was there. They didn't find him. Finally, guess where they found him? Right where they left him. In the temple. In the house of God. You found Jesus in the house of God either an altar of prayer or a humble pew in the back of your car or I don't know, at your home, on your floor, at a hospital bed, at a time. You found Jesus, but you've lost him in your religion. You've lost him and he's not there. He's just not there. And you know it. And we know it. See, the simple fact is, they were going on, and like many before, Jesus was coming. He was announced to be coming. And their hearts and their minds were supposed to be ready for the acceptance of the Christ child. So if you haven't gotten it, my three little points are, I got a little, they re, had many reasons. They required a message. But the sad part about it all, Sister Sue, they were not ready. They were not ready for the Christ child to be in their life. They were too busy going to and fro. They were too busy going about all the things that they do. I know we have to get on the Amazon. All my grandchildren, I don't know how you all do it now, but when we were young, we got the Sears catalog, Sue. And we flip through those pages, and it's like, oh, my goodness, I want it all. For those of you who don't know what a catalog is, it's a thick book <laughs> that tells you what the store sells. And, boy, that Sears catalog used to come, or those J.C. Penney catalogs. That's another store that don't exist anymore, I guess. Or you'd get those flyers in the mail, and all those toys, oh, I, I had to have them all. I mean, G.I. Joe, I mean, this, that, all. Oh, uh, I mean, Hot Wheels, and, and all. I mean, we were going through that catalog. We thought for sure we're getting it all. Now it's an Amazon list that you get emailed to you, and this is what they want. So we're busy about going about all of these wonderful things. But we find ourselves not really ready to have Jesus involved in our lives. 
I mean, we got the promise from Isaiah here that he shall be wonderful. He'll be a counselor. He'll be a mighty God. He'll be a prince of peace. He'll be like an everlasting father. He'll be all these wonderful things unto you. And these people needed that more than anything. I mean, they were really bad situation. They were under oppression. They were under rule from a foreign government. In Luke's time, they were under Roman oppression. All these things that they were going through, but yet they had no room within for Jesus. But you know what? They thought they had him because they liked the child. They liked the son, but they just haven't realized they don't have the Savior. And at the end of this message, short and sweet tonight, this morning, I want to ask you and I want to tell you these final words. You will never be ready. Don't come up yet, singers. You will never be ready for the Christ child. You will never be ready for the child. You will never be ready for the son. You will never be ready for the Savior to return if you do not these few things. First and foremost, if you do not believe that you are lost and in a rebellious state of sin, you will not ever be ready for the Christ if you are in a state of rebellion and sin. See, I'll tell you, and you all can talk about it too late, the rebellious heart leads to a life of sin. Because you've rejected the things of God. You've rejected the things from the Father. Like the people in the Old Testament in Isaiah's day, it tells us the vineyard was a mess because woe unto them, woe unto them, woe unto them because they had rejected the things of God and they did not want the things of God. They did not require the things of God. They did not desire the things of God. Their heart and their mind and their spirit was in total rebellion to the things of God, and that rebellion resulted in a life of sin. That is what happens unto us. If you do not believe that sin separates you from a holy God, you will never be ready for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You will never be ready for a Savior to enter your life if you do not believe that sin results in a lost life. We have too many standing behind the pulpit, too many standing behind the campus, whatever you want to call it, too many standing online, too many preaching this, too many... My, I, oh, I want to smack him upside down the head and back the other. My son, I hope you don't listen to this. Maybe he listens to this, I don't know. He was going through a thing in his life, and I said, well, you need the, this, and through that, and, and, he'd get, and he said, well, Dad, I was reading this book. Bobby, I like what you, Bobby, I don't know where he's at, but I like it, what Bobby said the other day. All those books in the bookstore for those that don't want to read the book. I'm not saying I know anything more than anybody. I got books all over the place. I, I rarely open any of them. I need to figure out this one first. I don't need to know someone else's commentary on the commentary, divided by the commentary, multiplied by the commentary, thought about the commentary. If I'm a man of God and I'm seeking him, the Spirit of God can reveal unto me what that says to me at that time for me when I need to hear it and when I need to understand it. But if we do not realize that rebellion will separate us from God and lead to a life of sin, we will fall short. But my boy was telling me, he said, well, Dad, people are just what people are. 
you know, you can get forgiveness, but it's like us just being like a dog. You can have a nice dog. You can have a wonderful dog. I don't know how many of you like pets in here. Oh, oh, come on, confess your sins, you pet people. All right. They'll confess that they got this dog, and you can train that dog, and you can teach that dog, and you can tell that dog what to do. Right, Stacy? Try. You can try. You can try. And eventually that dog will perform a few little things here and there, but at the end of the day, if it throws up, it'll eat its own vomit. You know why? Because it's a dog. That's gross, isn't it? Sorry. That's why I don't have a dog. And after that, you all let him kiss all over you. That's why I don't have a dog. Now think about that. Well, what my son was telling me this is, Dad, you can ask for forgiveness for something you're going for in your life, but at the end of the day, you're just a man and you're going to go back to it anyways. God help us to not fall into that trap. I believe, and I believe within everything in me that I am a new creature in Christ. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. I am not that man that knelt down at an altar prayer on March 8, 1981. I am not that child. I am God's child. And I live a different life. I am a new man in Christ. Amen. You know why? Because that rebellious nature within has been changed by the nature of the Holy Spirit that lives within. It says, walk with me, talk with me, fellowship with me, live with me. But if you don't believe that that rebellious nature lives within you, you will never be ready for the return of the Christ child, nor will you ever be ready for Christ to enter your life. You will never be ready. Ready. One more time. Savannah likes to say it. Dad, I think they got Papa, I think they got it. But Savannah, they need to get this one. You will never be ready. If you don't believe there's a sin nature that lies within that needs to be purged by the Holy Spirit. Like Isaiah. The angel went up to Isaiah and said, I know you're not worthy, but I'll take the coals and I'll lay it upon your lips. And behold, your sins shall be removed. You shall be purged of that old unrighteous man that lives within. And then you shall deliver the message because Isaiah saw the Lord and he saw his holiness and said, I'm not worthy. Oh, if you could just get a vision of what God really is, you wouldn't want to have sin within your life. You wouldn't want the things that you're pulling within your life. You know one of the things that saddens me more than anything? Someone being in church... And you see them here and you realize within their spirit this is the last place they want to be. They're here because of duty. They feel like they have to be. Got to go for papa, got to go for mamma, got to go for mom, or got to go for dad. And they've once tasted that the Lord was good, but they've walked away. And they sit within their seat or they sit within their pew and you can see not a spirit of joy upon them, not a spirit of peace, but you can see this is the last place they want to be. Does that sound right? Does that sound like what church is? No. This should be a place of celebration. This should be a place of glorification. This should be a place shouting about that wonderful counselor, mighty God, parents of peace. But if you don't have that within your heart, you don't have that within your spirit, let me tell you a little bit of doctrine right here. Maybe it's a spirit of conviction going upon you, and you need to have your life changed. You need to make room for the Jesus. See, they required a message to go forth. They had many reasons to hear from the Lord. But at the end of the day, were they ready? 
Were they ready to hear from the Lord? Were they ready to receive the child, the son, the savior? Many were not. You see, you think the masses would have come forth unto that, but no. Just a small little crowd came around the Christ child being born in a manger. But one of the things I like about that small little crowd, they all left a different way. They all changed and went back a different way. You can't come to Christ and go out and go the same old way. Don't go back into the vomit of the dog, shall we say. They required and they had to realize this. And I want you to know beyond a shout of doubt. If you do not believe in a rebellious nature that lives within. That results in a life of sin. You will never be ready for Jesus to enter your life. Nor will you be ready for the return of the Christ. Secondly. If you do not believe in redemption. You will never be ready. That sounds like a simple thing doesn't it? You know what, but a lot of people don't believe that Christ can save. They don't believe that he paid the price. They don't believe it's enough. They try their own ways and their own religion and their own works and the own things that they do. That's why we have so many religions trying to figure out what we can do to appease God. You know how what you can do to appease God? Oh, Lord, be merciful unto me, a sinner. Like Isaiah said, oh, Lord, purge my unclean lips. You know, a simple prayer. I like the Romans' road of salvation. It's great. I've learned it. I know it. But you know what? Sometimes folks just need to come up and say, Lord, I want you. I want you. I want more of you. Pour it out like they sang this morning. I want the fire to come down and purge my soul and come within. But if you don't believe in redemption, you'll never be saved. If you don't believe that God has paid the price for your sins, you will never be saved. You'll keep trying it on yourself. How many of you now, let's, let's, let's have a little church participation here. Okay? How many of you in your past life or in your life said, well, I'm a pretty good guy. God is going to be okay with that. I'm a pretty good guy. None of you are good guys? Okay, Dave, you're the only one. I mean, haven't you all said it? Well, I'm a pretty good guy. God's not going to send me to hell. I'm a pretty good guy. I'm a pretty good girl. I walk old people across the street. I've, I always give to the church. I, I give them my money. I, I do this. I, I, I go buy that salvation can at the grocery store and I throw in a couple pennies and quarters I got. I'm a good person. I'm a good moral person. God's going to be all right with that. That is not redemption. That's self-righteousness. And self-righteousness is as filthy rags. And you will not appease a holy God with your self-righteousness because if you can appease a holy God with your self-righteousness he wouldn't have had to send forth a child a son a savior self-righteousness is never going to do it it doesn't matter I don't and not picking at anybody within our church love you all but self-righteousness exists itself in many different ways but by our works that we think we've done, by our efforts that we think we've done, our performance that we think we've done, all the rituals, the procedures, the, all the things that we've done, we think, well, God's going to be pretty pleased. I'm a pretty good guy. I'm a pretty good girl, and God's okay with that. And God won't send anybody to hell. I'll agree with you. God does not send anybody to hell. You want to argue with me about that? Look at John 5. He has given it all over to his son. He has given judgment to his son. It's all about what you've done with Jesus. If you don't have Jesus, I'm going to tell you this, and you need to hear this on a Sunday morning right before the Christmas time. If you don't have Jesus, 
within your heart, within your life, if he's not a child, a child's great, and he, uh, the son's okay, but if you do not have him as your Savior, if you do not have Jesus, and there has not been an acceptance of him within your heart, hear real quick, you are lost. And lost means you're not where you need to be. And you will never be ready for the return of the Christ. Nor will you be ready to receive the Savior to this day, whatever day, if you do not believe that a rebellious nature exists. If you don't believe that you're lost and you're a sinner, you'll never be saved. You think you're a pretty good guy? That's great. Then you don't believe in redemption. You believe your works have paid your way. And your works has made the sacrifice. And your works is good enough, and that shall appease God. And everything that you've done will honor God. And in fact, next week, for all of us that believe that, we're going to put up some charts around here. Sue, you did pretty good this week. You get two check marks. <laughs> Matt, you sang harmony was good today. You get a gold star. Wait a Matt. Tim, oh, that message was good. We're going to leave a big section. Tim's going to have some gold stars and some check marks and some brownie points. Oh, he's just got Chris. Oh, that bass. Oh, man, we're going to put That TV's down. We're going to put a list up there for you how good Chris is. Mike, oh, nobody better. We're going to get. We mock at that and we laugh at that. But sometimes don't we within our own mind do that very thing? God, I've done pretty good this week. I've only... This, I mean, Savannah last night, Savannah, sorry, I had, she said, she pointed her last night, she said, Papa, are you with your brothers, and they cuss. And Papa, you were with your brothers, and they do other things. And I said, yeah, hon, they're my brothers, but Papa has chosen a different life. And me and Bobby told her in the ride home, we made a choice. To have room inside my heart for a Christ child, for a son, and for a savior more than anything. Because it tells me that he shall save me from my sins. He'll forgive me of all of those things I've done, all the things I've fallen short. But more than anything, what I like about this last point, not only does he deal with that rebellious nature, not only does he redeem me, but here's the best part, he regenerates me. And if you do not believe in regeneration, you will never be saved. If you don't believe you can be changed from who you are currently to a new man, a new woman, a new child, a new person. If you do not believe that that transformation can take place, you will never be ready for the Christ. Never shall you be ready. You'll be talking like my son, believing that you're just a dirty old dog and that's what you're always going to be. I'm always going to be that. I'm always going to be a drunk. I'm always going to be a dope addict. I'm always going to be a pornography looker at her. I know that don't sound right. That ain't good talking, Annie, but that's good preaching, right? I'm a pornography looker at her. I'm a cusser. I'm a drinker. I'm a converter. I'm a pegatter. I'm all those things in there. I'm just about as rotten as you can be. And, and, and God would, if I walked in that church, the walls would shake because I'm so rotten of a sinner. Oh, boy. The walls would shake. And when I get it figured out and I become good enough, I'll come to church then. Oh, you don't believe in regeneration. You don't believe that a nature can be changed, that a person can be changed. 
you don't believe that a Saul can become a Paul. You don't believe that a big mouth Peter, who always stuck his foot in the mouth, can be a stone and a rock. You don't believe Matthew or Mark and Luke and John, and you don't believe those. You don't believe in all the transfer. You don't believe a Billy Sunday can step out of a bar and be saved and preach the gospel of Christ from that point on. You don't believe that someone who was addicted or a smoker or a drinker or whatever, all these manifestations, now hear me, this is really important. This is good doctrine if you don't like it. But you ought to like this. All these manifestations of your rebellion are what is the things we call sin. They're manifestations of that rebellious nature within. You've rejected God, you've turned him away, and it results in sin. Why did the prodigal son go down to the hog pen? Because he rejected the father. He rejected the things of the father. And where did he end up? Down in a life of sin. Down in a hog pen. He wasn't a sinner because he was in the hog pen. He was in the hog pen because he was a sinner. That's good doctrine. Okay? That's good depth. If you don't believe in regeneration, if you don't believe the old can be made new, if you don't believe that once you had a desire to do certain things, but God took that away. I talked to my... I'm a, he'll probably never listen to this, but if he does, okay. I talked to my son about some things. And I told him about my brother Bill's testimony, how that Bill, God immediately at an altar of prayer, took away things from him. And my boy, who's in church today, playing the piano probably, doing all the good things of rituals and religions, said, Dad, I don't believe that. Dad, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I don't believe God can take it away. But he's into self-righteousness. Working it out himself. Trying to figure out himself. And it leads to a life of despair and hurt and harm. And at the end, defeat. But if he ever listens to this or someone else should listen to that, those who are sitting in this pew, I want to tell you, this guy standing up here right now, I believe that there's a rebellious nature that exists within every one of us. It's called a carnal nature of sin. And that carnal nature results in a life of unrighteousness. But I believe that the Savior who came said he came to save me from all my sin. He came to do a work, and I believe he can. And that makes me ready for him. I also believe that he redeems me. He paid the price. He bought my sins. He paid for it. He took it upon him. And he paid for it in whole. And I know nothing else. I owe nothing for the failures that I've done. I owe nothing for the things that I've done. I don't have a bill. It's been paid in full. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I've been redeemed by my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he's still working in me. He's still working on me. He's still working in, at me. He's still working to make me what I need to be. He's working more like Randy preached a couple weeks to conform me to the image of his son. He's still doing that job. But you know what? I know that he paid the price and I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And because of that, I am ready for his return if he should come back tomorrow. Not only that, I believe in regeneration. 
I believe the old can be made new. If you don't, you will live a life of defeat as a Christian. If you don't believe you can be changed, you're going to fight the battles forever. You're going to fight them. You're going to fight the things that are holding you down. You're going to battle against the things that are holding you down. They're going to destroy you. You're going to muddle in mediocrity for the rest of your Christian walk if you don't believe that he can regenerate you and make you a new man. If you don't believe he can change you, behold, if all things in Christ, behold, you are a new creature in Christ. Old things are things that you keep in the closet and do them every other day, right? No, it says old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. I want to tell you, when you accept Jesus, you may not like this, but you ought to, your life will change. It will change. And if your life hasn't changed, maybe you haven't accepted Jesus. He changes us, Sister Shirley. He makes a difference. He makes a new man. We're not the same old people we used to be. We're a new man in Christ. But our self-righteousness and our own works will tell us that we're good enough. Our self-righteousness will tell you that we're okay. We will fall short. But it tells us that those are going to be playing this morning would like to come forward, please. It tells us unto you is given a child. Unto us is given a Savior. And his name is Christ. And Sister Jeannie, he tells us in this, in Matthew 1, 21, that he shall save his people from sin. He shall do that work. And it tells us in Acts 2, 36, that he is not only Christ, but he is Lord and Savior. He's not just a child. He's not just a babe. And it also tells us in Philippians 2, 11, for may many can utter these same words and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The message doesn't always turn out as you kind of write things down. I do things a little different. I don't know how Andy does it or how Brother Tim does it. I'm sure they have the exact same thing. You go over it. You, you prepare the meal. You get all the ingredients together and you think that this is the way it's going to go. But then you sit down at the table and somebody eats dessert before they have the turkey and it's just not right. But you know what? Sometimes having dessert before the turkey is just right. It's what's needed to be. This morning, God laid upon my heart last week to preach unto you, unto us, is given a child, is given a son. We all can embrace that and we all can endorse that and say how much we love that. But I want to know, the third part of that, he shall also be a savior. Are you saved? Blunt, straight out question. Are you saved? Are you restored? Are you regenerated? Has that rebellious nature been destroyed? Are you ready for the Christ? If Christ would come back today, are you ready? It's a simple question. And you may ask why deliver such a message like this. Either I'm half crazy or I'm right. God has been giving messages unto this church continually through prophetic words by people within this congregation that has been delivered 
So is God trying to tell us something? Because we got two choices there. Be careful here so I don't fall down. We got two choices. We either believe the message, we either believe the message and hear it and heed to its word and say, thank you, Lord, for speaking unto us again and giving me another chance. Or we do not believe the message and we're calling this wrong and an error. I don't believe God does anything in error. I don't believe God does anything improperly. I believe that those that have delivered the message are praying people, praying people. And he's given it to multiple people through this church, not just one individual, multiple bodies, multiple individuals have been given a word that the truth is being given, the word is going forth. We need to hear it. God's keep, you know why you keep teaching the lesson? You know why you keep sending forth the message? Think about it. Because it hasn't been heard. And it hasn't been heeded. You want a rainbow message? You want a sunshine message? You want puppy dogs and love and hearts and whatever's the fun thing now? Push babies? What's the cool thing now in Savannah all the kids love? Little pushable babies or whatever? You want the message to be all about that? How about we fill these altars with prayer and say, Lord, woe is me, for I am unclean, but my eyes have seen the Holy Lord. And you are so holy. You are so holy. Woe is me. I sit here and I think when I come to this altar of prayer, Bobby, I love you to death. I love you more than anything. But when they call us for prayer, I come up here. You know why I come right here? This was Ronnie's spot. Ronnie would come up here every week and pray. Every week. And that spot's been empty. There's some marks in here. There's some scratches in here. There's some dents in here. But this is Ronnie's spot. Ronnie was praying for some things. And I think, Bobby, I don't think just when you call us to pray, I want to come up and pray. Not just for a minute or a second. But I want to pray that God would have his way. But you know what? R- R- Ronnie's spot was empty whole bunch of other ones. There's a whole bunch here. We kept these altars as a church. You know why? One time I think you guys were talking about getting rid of them. But I think we looked back and those that made the decision, I'm happy you did. There's a lot of marks in here. There's a lot of scratches in here. There's a lot of dents in here. You know what those are? Those are the prayers of the people that came before you praying for your salvation, praying for your growth, praying for your healing, praying for the things, that, praying that you would know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. This morning, I ask you, are you ready if Christ would come again? It's the last thing I'm going to say this morning. I hope and pray that the word of the Lord has reached the hearts and the minds that need to hear it. Brother Matt, sing what's upon your heart. Tim, close the service as you feel led. That Isaiah song. Master, Redeemer, the Savior of the world, wonderful, oh, Counselor, 
Boom. 